The Exorcist, 1973, with Peter Nielsen. This time around, it's The Exorcist, and Peter Nielsen will go into what makes this movie so creepy. He'll also talk about which scenes he was the most uncomfortable with, and here's a hint. They're not what you think. Let's get started. I am here with the one, the only, Peter, who's your daddy, Nielsen, is with us, folks. Oh, wow, you're doing an Arnold reference there. I I, I am. Yeah, who's your daddy? Arnold as in Schwarzenegger or Arnold as in Happy Days? Uh, no, and Schwarzenegger. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Uh, I, I said that in uh, Kindergarten Cups. Oh, I, I thought you were referring to the fact that there's a lot of kids out there that aren't sure if he is or not. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. You like that? Is, that, was that, is, it, is it too soon? I don't know. So, yes. Nah. But here's the key. Yep. Here's the key, Peter. You are here not to talk about Schwarzenegger or the classic nope. Kindergarten Cop. You are here to talk about an actual classic horror film. The Exorcist. Mm, 1973, right? That was a good year. Also brought us Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, it did. Which is also a classic. We're going to give it love tonight. In, in fact, you, you're going to give it love. And I am here as your humble servant, your facilitator, the person that is going to put your voice out to the world to let them know how you feel about this motion picture. So give me what you got, my friend. Oh, wow. I actually had, had to put a little thought into this. Because when you saw said we were going to do something that scared us as kids and still do as adults, I... Couldn't really think of any really? one. I had a lot. No, I had a lot of you know images in my head when I, from when I was a kid. But that was mostly the old black and white mm-hmm. classics, and I didn't really any. Not really a particular movie, just images from mm. flashes from different movies that scared the crap out of me. And uh, then all of a sudden it dawned on me, hey, you know what? The Exorcist. So uh, I have a love hate relationship with that. I'm not sure when I first saw it, though. I can't really. I can't pinpoint exactly. I wasn't too young, so my mom didn't really approve of them. So uh, I had to sneak to watch these movies. So I, I saw it I, I don't, I, in my teens sometime, not sure really when. Because I was five when The Exorcist was released. A bit early for this movie. Yeah, and, and I'm thinking if you saw it at five, you might, have, you might still have a twitch. I think I wouldn't be here. I would be locked up somewhere. <laughs> so you were in Sweden when it came out originally, right? Or had, uh, had yeah. you moved that yeah. Okay. And I know you've talked about the level of censorship. Yeah. I'm, I don't really remember. I'm not sure about The Exorcist, to be honest, because mm-hmm. it, it's, a, it's a bad one, but it's not really gory in, in, in that respect. It's more of a you know, feeling of dread. Yeah. I think. Well, and, and, and I was going to say, do you think that the censorship issue was directed more towards slashers and things like that? Or do you think... Actually, it, it, it's more in the 80s, it was bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the early 70s, I'm not really sure that there was so much. It got worse. The 80s were bad. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, especially if your name was uh, Bruce Lee or Chuck Norris or Arnold Schwarzenegger and, you know, all of the, the 80s, uh, 80s action movies and a lot of uh, the horror ones, too. Mm-hmm. So, But uh, the exercise, I'm not really sure because it, I think it was pretty intact. Although the the version I we got now is a bit longer mm-hmm. with the spider walk. Yeah, yeah, they added that. All in, that. Yeah, later. yeah. So what is it? What is it about the movie specifically? 
don't know. It's it. I think it's all of it. It's the it's a slow burn. It's a really slow burn, but it slowly builds up to. I mean, the exorcist itself doesn't really take place until the last. I don't know, half hour, twenty minutes or so. Yeah. But the build up to it is is oh wow! It's it's almost unbearable at the end. So uh, I don't know. I can't really pinpoint exactly what it is. It's, it's the whole damn movie. Yeah, because I remember my very first taste of it, so to speak, was. I was a kid and my mom was watching it or she had it on. It was on the TV and I remember coming out and her telling me to hurry up and go. And I was doing that kid thing where they act like they have a question, but they're really just eyeballing the TV the whole time and dragging out the question because they really want to see what you're watching. And I remember doing that and I remember it was the scene where Reagan is telling her mom about Captain Howdy. And they end up with the Ouija board. But I think it was even a little before the Ouija board scene. I think they were in their, how they, I remember if it was like a living room or a sitting room. And then they end up, as I recall, it's, it's in that area though. It's very towards the beginning of the movie. For some reason that, even though there was nothing to it, I may have known the title of the movie at that point, And I knew it was scary, but for some reason I was so convinced that anything I might see from that movie was so horrifying. That little image stuck with me. Yeah. yeah but it, it, it does. No, but. It's small things throughout the movie, little things here and there that that builds it up. You don't really know, and you don't really you don't know what's going to happen about this movie. It's little little things throughout the whole movie uh, that that makes it that makes it bad actually, because you never know when things are going to get. If if you haven't seen it before, I mean, all of a sudden things can start happening, but you never know when so uh, and it's like with the ouija board when she asks uh, captain howdy if she wants to talk to her mother and it, and it immediately very violently goes to no and, and things like that a couple of years ago i started watching it again so i, th- I threw it in the, uh, the the player and uh, i i went to the uh, extras first and i watched the trailer and i said you know what i'm not gonna watch this i'm, I'm done i'm good i never watched it until you forced me to oh boy so no, it's not bad. I lie. I've seen it a couple of times. It's it's a it's a great movie. I love it. I mean, the acting is brilliant in it. Oh yeah, from everyone. Yeah, Ellen Burstyn is fantastic. Yeah, and uh, Jason Miller is fantastic. Obviously, Linda Blair being as young as she was, because I think with with her, what really gets you is how innocent she comes across at the beginning. Yeah, that little apple-cheeked, uh, I think she's 12 or 13 or something. Around that age frame and the shift that happens. And I understand they had her make Dick Smith's makeup and the contacts and, and all of that, and that would have made it easier to hide the, that aspect of her, but it's so completely missing. She she kind of disappears. She is, wow, she's scary. Yeah, I agree. Well, and I will say that we'll... Make the assumption that everyone listening to this has seen the film or is at least very familiar with it. It's been a big part of pop culture for a long time. You know, just reflect onto the Saturday Night Live, your mother so socks that smell. Do you remember that bit? It was Richard Pryor. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, I think yeah, Lorraine yeah, Newman yeah. is playing the Reagan character. and She's laying in a bed and your mother sews socks that smell, <laughs> which <laughs> you see the movie, you realize that's not what she actually says in the movie no no she says something completely different <laughs> yeah. which we're not going to go into it definitely would be an explicit tag <laughs> i i think i just i don't i'm debating and this is one of the things i've wondered with all of these bonus episodes how 
much of the movie to give away because we've been trying to keep them relatively spoiler light. But I guess just on the off chance that someone has not seen this movie, it tells the story of a little girl and her mother. Her mother's an actress. They live in Georgetown in the area near Washington, D.C. And the mother's there shooting a film. And while the shoot is going on, her daughter begins to act strange, strange things start to happen. Things, you know, little things like beds somewhat levitating and smacking down and strange noises in the attic, which then... Oh, those are bad. Yeah. I don't like that. I yeah. don't like the noises in the attic. Yeah, I, I wouldn't go up there. That's just me. Nope. But it all leads to a woman, played by Ellen Burstyn, realizing that something is going on beyond this just being a troubled child. And it turns out that it is demonic possession and she brings in the priest and hence the name of the movie. The Exorcist. Yes. And if you haven't seen it, it's it's not just that it's a classic horror movie. It's a really great film. It really is. But it, it it's disturbing in parts. I mean, there's some parts in it. I mean, you made the comment about it. It's not gory, but there are a couple moments that are hard to watch. And I'm not just talking about the pea green vomit. No, it, no, they're, they're the crucifix scene. And I don't know. It's it's the damn it it's hard to pinpoint it's the the dialogue the way between uh the priests and uh and and pasuzu yeah it's it's not overly gory it's a very slow movie and it's 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 the the feeling it's a feeling movie there's something you so much you can't quite put your finger on there's just something off and and i think would you agree too not that it has a documentary quality but everything in it is played so realistically there's nothing off the top of my head. Nothing comes to mind as being sensationalized. Even the spinning the head, the spinning head round, you know, that's a famous scene. It's almost like it's facts. It's, it's, it's film like fact. But also just listen to the dialogue between uh, Reagan and her mother. What I felt this time, it's almost like it's very private and you feel almost bad for listening in. That's how realistic it is. Uh, the way they the way they talk to each other. Yeah. You know, almost like, hey, I'm not supposed to listen to this when they talk about uh, her mother and their, uh, the quote-unquote relationship she has with the director of the, mo- the movie. She's still laughing at it. It's, it feels like, I'm not supposed to listen to this. This is private. So, yeah, the, the documentary feel and the realism is the, the realistic feel of it. It's great. I love this movie, even though it scares the crap out of me. Yeah, it does. This one I see every couple years. We will revisit. I say we because actually my wife loves it as well. And it's just every time. It's gets to you man it's a creepy yeah i know and you can't put your finger to what it is and it's interesting too because you think after having seen it so many times it is slow moving in parts and that it would get boring but even those slow it's moments it's never boring and again it's the actors and the dialogue it's it just keeps in you you want to know what's going on even though after all these viewings you, you do but i don't know it's it's the dialogue between the two priests Marin and Karis. Just the way they're sitting when they're uh, taking a break from the exorcism days, sit out on the stairwell talking. Why this girl? Why why her? It's the dialogue. It's not, it's never boring. I don't think so. Anyway, I agree. No, I agree. And then of course we would be remiss. There it is. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> the song, the music. What tubular bells? Yes, tubular bells. I didn't realize it was a separate piece of music that had been already in existence. And I, I, guess, I guess the story goes Friedkin heard it and then used it for the movie. I was always, as a, growing up, I always just assumed it was the Exorcist theme song. I didn't. Yeah. And then I heard somebody refer Same to here. Tubular Bells. I, I, I didn't. I was, what, what's that? What's Tubular Bells? Yeah. Mike Oldfield? No, no, it's the Exorcist. 
I think he had, oh man, I read this somewhere now uh, with the music. He scrapped the original music because he didn't like it. It was uh, too uh, peppy or something. And they opted for this. But the, the, the two blue barrels, I think he chose, he just chose as a separate piece. I think, I'm, not, I'm not sure about this, of course. Thinking back on it, and I don't know why I'm having a hard time remembering, but is there a lot of other music in the movie? No. And also, when it first comes in, it's not even done in a typical horror movie way. They're usually a cue that the killer is hiding yeah. behind a bush. Not in this. I think the first time you hear this is, well, it's, it's a fairly long time into the movie. And it just, I think it's... Is it when Ellen Burstyn is just walking down the street? Yeah, yeah. In the broad daylight? Yeah, that's when you first hear it. Yeah, I, I'm not sure how long. I didn't uh, look at the timestamp, but uh, it, it was fairly long into the movie. And it's in broad daylight. And that's where the music first, uh, the, the Tubular Bells uh, sure. theme. Now, as a kid, I always found the opening of this movie, I, if I had to pick a part that I thought was just as a kid, boring, and I didn't understand. And I think that's probably why what, what it was was a lack of understanding on my part. I interpreted it as boredom is the opening of the film. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Cause you don't really understand what's happening. No. And father, father, uh, Karras, Marin. Oh, Marin. That's father. Marin. Karras Marin, is the other yeah. one. Yeah. Sorry. Brain fart. Yeah. <laughs> father Marin. He is in the Iraqi desert, right? At the beginning. Yeah. And yeah. they're doing a dig, some archeological dig. Yeah, and he finds two items. Which are? Oh, the little statuette thingy and a, and a medallion. He finds it weird that they're lying there together in that little... Uh, he digs it out uh, out of some little hole. And he finds, I think, yeah. To be fair, I've never read the novel. No, neither have I. And I remember I started it, and it actually, if I, as I recall, starts very much like the movie. And again, I remember it being, I, I just felt like a bit of a slog getting through it <laughs> so <laughs> I, I need to revisit that but that yeah. being said maybe they explain it better in the novel but i'm assuming the statue is supposed to represent this pazuzu demon right yeah i think yeah yeah as far as i know yeah is the idea that by finding these objects he found he unleashed it now i know that we find out later on in, in was it part four technically that his connection to this demon goes back to an exorcism he performed back in the 40s yeah i think what i read into it even uh, when he finds these two items it's already happening i think because he, he he goes out into the desert he sees the statue but there's two dogs fighting which i suppose is they're, they're supposed to An omen yeah and, and this darkness and light fighting each other i think it's supposed to hearken to that but uh, so i think it's actually already starting to happen before find i'm not sure i'm not sure it's uh, maybe it's in the novel i'm not i haven't read it so i just i've always i always even to this day even as many times i've seen it i've always found that a confusing point that are they trying to say that moment in the desert is somehow connected to reagan and why and and maybe yeah. i need to just really pay attention <laughs> better but for some reason i've never been able to say a very simple well it's because it's, and who knows maybe it's not maybe it's just a random thing that it picked her yeah i th i think so because there is no, I mean, I watched it uh, a week ago or so, and I, I, I didn't find any connection, no, no obvious connection. I need to read the novel. Reading is fundamental, and, and we need to read the novel. Of course. Yeah, I, read, I have Legion, which is a good read, too. Was it supposed to be part two originally, or was that the third book? 
Did they really write a second? I'm not sure because this is supposed to be a continuation of the first one. Blatty wrote both of those, right? And they ended up doing, I think yeah. Legion was what he, when he directed part three, that's what that was supposed to be in, yeah, in a yeah, way. Yeah. But yeah. with two, I don't know if there wasn't a technical Exorcist 2 book. I know they, I mean, there was barely an Exorcist 2 movie. I've never been able to finish no. that thing. That thing is horrible. No, the heretic, no. Oh, Just it's ignore horrible. It, horrible. Pretend it didn't happen. Yep. That thing makes Alien Cubed look like the most excellent film you've ever seen in your life. It's just... I kind of like Alien Cubed. <laughs> I at least find Alien Cubed entertaining. Yeah, yeah. Because the, the heretic, the, the second exorcist is... Uh, nah. Just, uh, it's it's gone. Well, my friend, I thank you so very much. You brought an excellent movie to the table. I really appreciate you sharing your fond and heartwarming memories of The Exorcist with us. And a scared little boy sitting in the couch in the dark. What is also interesting are those, which I suppose uh, helps in the dread feeling or whatever. It's those uh, quick shots of the demon face uh, mm-hmm. throughout the whole damn movie. Yeah, it's creepy. That was actually that was actually a couple of I I have forgotten about when I watched this. So they kind of ooh wow, and I kind of I kind of noticed I was sitting in the dark watching it. So I I turned on a light, little wuss. <laughs> Well, Peter, thank you very much. You're welcome. It's very possible Peter will be revisiting soon in this parade of bonus episodes from the 2014 Spooky Flicks Fest. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you for joining us for this special bonus episode of the 2014 Spooky Flicks Fest. And a special thanks to Peter Nielsen. He always brings his A-game. And you can find more of his retro review love at ForgottenFlicks.com. Looking for more spooky fun? Why not head on over to ForgottenFlicks.com, where you can sign up to receive free updates and something horrific delivered to your inbox every day in October. See you soon! ha <laughs> ha!